0: The Low Talks Life Podcast. I'm Alex Stewart, your host, and kicking us into February this month already with show number 25, uh, we have an incredible chat with the lovely Brooke McCallery, who's also, of course, got her own incredible podcast, Slow Home. And uh, is the founder of Jackrabbit FM, which is the network that my show is a part of. So I was really excited to have my gorgeous friend, Brooke, on the podcast. She is full of wisdom. And I had the listener survey uh, recently and I'm going to pop that link in today's show notes as well as the last time you can answer it for this round to be in the running for a little basket of low-tox goodies. So be sure you pop your email in with your answers. And in that listener survey, there was so much great feedback that is going to help me build us the best show this year. And, uh, you know, Jessie shared that after show seven on deficiencies, she looked into the supplements she was taking, saw how poor quality they were, how unsustainably made they were, and then booked to see a naturopath for the first time. And she says that that really got the ball rolling for her and her health. And, you know, that's just such a beautiful story. And that one little 45-minute interview with a great expert can help someone like that is just Ah, I get goosebumps. I, I love my job. Um, Sally, who said that she loved the Fundamentals Founder episode, show fifteen, if you wanted to look back on that one. And that was with the founder Phil White, and she ended up buying the pack so that she could grow her own mushrooms at home and uh and you know, to just share a gorgeous slightly quirky but extremely sustainably minded uh, business like fundamentals is just such a wonderful thing to be able to do with you guys as we explore the people who are doing right by people and planet because it is, of course, totally possible to do both and have a successful business is just such a joy. And something that I was a bit surprised by was the fact that uh, one of the biggest topics you want to hear more about is our mental health. How do we feel happy, content? Uh, How do we not feel anxious? How do we navigate this crazy, busy, modern world? And uh, there are definitely going to be some incredible experts speaking to that theme. So I'm I'm. I'm going to chase out even more amazing people in that field for you guys now that I know that, and uh, and out of the box wellness was one of the other ones that most people ticked. They wanted to hear more shows. About and boy, have I got some incredible therapies to bring you this year to that end. Now, of course, other the main low tox pillars of environmental toxins, the food that we eat are, of course, still going to be represented in that sustainability. Bringing you gorgeous founder stories from time to time of brands who are doing an exceptional job. But, yeah, it just made me so excited to read everybody's answers and and to sort of see what was uh, really connecting with people. And when you had to say which one your favourite show was... Almost every show so far had a little tiny piece of the pie. Uh, So different shows are connecting with different people, which is, of course, a beautiful thing. Not every single show needs to to connect with every single one of you. But I just love that at some level and most weeks you're finding something that you really love hearing more about. So that's a really exciting affirmation for, for me putting on the show for you guys. Now, it is the month of February and I have a fantastic uh, brand supporting our show this month uh, and it is Republica Organic. I don't know if you guys know this brand. For anyone who has shopped in a major Australian supermarket in the last 12 years, then you may well have seen them on the lining the coffee shelves. But it was. I'm especially excited about this particular coffee because, of course, the founder is a dear friend of mine, Jacqueline Arias, and we've been friends for a few years now. And I remember thinking, wow, what an amazing pioneer when I first heard about her. Um, and, and as we got to know each other, we realised we were really aligned with uh, the, the, the changes we wanted to see in the world, the changes we wanted to be in the world in our own businesses to bring about that change. Regardless of the fact that it's quite different ways I'm more education focused She's obviously product focused But her story is incredible So she used to be a journo for the ABC a very busy one, as you could imagine, and uh, she took her family back to visit her home country, Colombia, back in 2005, and when she was there, she just sort of started to develop an awareness for the, you know, just from reading local news and, and visiting different places and, and chatting to people, that the coffee in colombia was incredible but that the coffee you could get there was either exorbitantly expensive or really bad and she was pretty horrified to realize that farmers were basically being treated super unfairly highly underpaid sending their incredible coffee overseas to be used by multinationals in the huge instant coffee uh, market um and Meanwhile, kind of uh, the locals really suffering and uh, in talking to the farmers, they didn't realise what they were sitting on, the special um, and incredible quality of the coffee coffee beans that they were farming. So she had one of those epiphanies as so many sustainable business owners do where she could not go on in the world knowing this was happening and had to do something about it. Left the ABC, founded Republica, originally Republica Coffee, now Republica Organic and, um, and, uh, and now it's just an incredible brand and it's been a pioneering brand. It was the first carbon neutral Australian food business of its time. Um, they've won a stack of sustainability awards and, uh, and it, it really is just a gorgeous coffee with a few different, um, Uh, products in the range for the different styles that you might enjoy Uh, and you know don't poo-poo me on this but even the uh, instant decaf because I'm a decaffeinated coffee drinker uh, which is Swiss water process filtered not chemically filtered uh, is a really good decaf especially if you travel you know we want to travel with some Um, So that you can have your little coffee in the morning for me It's part of my ritual Uh, Then it's actually a really gorgeous Instant coffee And I was so excited when I was at Billabong Retreat in December That that's the one that they had And I was like, yay, little piece of home right here So Jacqueline and I were chatting the other day And I was talking about um, Supporting her brand on the show And and just sharing a little bit more About uh, the incredible work that they do And It came up obviously that uh, she made the choice to uh, range in supermarkets and for us in Australia that means um, for the large part Coles and Woolworths and it reminded me of a blog post that I wrote a couple of years ago about whether supermarkets are 100% bad. You know, we can't ignore the fact that 80% of our population shop at them and in some cases in some towns in some rural areas if there weren't Supermarkets, then they may not have access to a lot of the foods that we take for granted in more urban areas. And so, from Jacqueline's viewpoint, being in a supermarket meant that she could get the message of fair trade and organic out to the most amount of people the quickest way possible because keeping in mind 12 years ago when she started that brand it really wasn't the kind of on trend or see it in every health food corner shop or you know it wasn't everywhere and she believed it was such a travesty that people didn't understand that farmers weren't being paid a fair wage in these other countries that our precious daily rituals were coming from like the dark chocolates and the coffees of the world world and really wanted to get that message out. So I completely understand why supermarkets would have been the number one choice for her and the brand to grow and to grow the awareness of what it was she was fighting for. And so I'll pop a link to my uh, blog post about supermarkets. Just, I'd love to see what you guys thought about it. Please leave a comment. I'm someone who goes to the supermarket for literally probably about seven different items, but I feel like going in and getting those seven items is a really powerful little message that I can send to say, this is what I'm choosing if I come here. And every every little message we send as consumers is an important one. So while I will not be leaving my growers market anytime soon or my incredible direct from farm produce that I get or the incredible fishmonger that I uh, buy my fish from at the fish markets, you know, it, it's, we can still send a powerful message anywhere we're shopping. It doesn't mean that you need to only shop one way to make a difference. So obviously you have the right, of course, to abstain from supermarkets altogether. I, I know many of my friends do. And uh, you can shop directly online. So for the whole month of February, and I'm so sorry to the many people who are listening from overseas, this doesn't apply to you guys. I'm looking forward to having some international offers soon, though. We have 25% off the entire Republica range at republicaorganic.com.au. If you use Lotox Life, all uppercase one word, as your code in the checkout, you will get 25% off. And it's a beautiful, beautiful brand that you know you're supporting someone who is very much for people, for planet and really makes ethics with impact the heart of everything that they do as a business. So enjoy that February um, treat. I will remind you every week of that fantastic uh, offer that they've given us. And uh, and I'm going to kick into today's show. So today I, of course, am chatting to Brooke McCallery and we talk about... Living simply, you know, it's, it's just, I mean, it's quite trendy to simplify, declutter, it's everywhere. There's books, there's New York Times bestsellers, there's gurus, but really, again, we don't need to buy into all of the noise and living simply can really and should, I think, really be more about listening inwards and and thinking about what that means to us and and checking in with ourselves more regularly to go did i overdo it today did i book too much stuff in did i really need that new top Do I really need to um, buy takeaway when there might be food in the fridge I could just prepare something really simple? Simple can mean so many different things to so many different people among us and uh, I think if what you get from today's show is to maybe do a little bit of quiet journaling time around how you might like to simplify what really resonated with you. during the chat that we have. uh, It's a really special little chat and I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed having it. Hello, Brooke. Hello, Alex. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm awesome, thanks. Now, I have you here today to talk to us about finding slow and given we're in February now, this is a month that traditionally like speeds up (laughs) really quite fast (laughs) after a very slow um, January. So I think what's beautiful about us chatting now is that people are revving everything up like every other year and what we're going to ask them to do is to find slow in the context Mm -hmm. of this busy modern life that so many of us, most of us, I think it's fair to say, lead. Obviously, between Slow Your Home and your beautiful website, podcast, and now, very excitingly, book, uh, you are a little bit of an expert. I don't always use that word because I think it's a bit cliche, but I do tend to think of you as an expert (laughs) for the simple fact that you've journeyed hard and long and, and you came from a place of of kind of well i guess we could say depths of despair didn't you can mm-hmm. you just talk us through how you found the idea of simplifying things and slowing things down without necessarily having that mean achieving a less abundant and purposeful life like how did it find you
1: yeah it's depths of despair is actually super
0: accurate
1: yeah uh, when i i uh, had Our second well, our second child was born, and I was diagnosed with postnatal depression. It was um quite severe. I think looking back, I actually was suffering that previously as well after our first child was born, but it was never diagnosed. To be honest, because I thought that that's just what life was like. That's what it felt like to Mm. you know to be a parent and to to be tired and to be sad all the time and you know anxious and not want to talk to anyone. And uh, looking back, of course, that is not. Uh, what it needed to be like, but that's mm. how that was my experience at the time. And I eventually got to a point that was really very scary and very dark, and was able to talk to someone about it, thankfully. Um, and as a result, started a you know a a process of of healing and and working with a psychiatrist and taking medication, things like that. But one of the one of the things that I remember really clearly. At that, of that time was that I, I, I could never slow down. I could never stop. I could never just be content to just be. And I remember just constantly rushing through my days. I don't know why. I mean, I think I was trying to find value in myself or worth or something like that, uh, but I was always – always discontent with what I managed to achieve. So I always kept trying to do more and more and more and I'd say yeah. yes to more and, you know.
0: That's so my... interesting, isn't it? Like our yeah. society values the doing much more than it values the being and so oh, we yeah. all become these slaves to the doing.
1: Absolutely. And that was me. I was just doing. There was no being. There was no presence at all mentally, emotionally. Like I just wasn't here, which makes me so sad now. But I, I spoke to my psychiatrist about it at length And she asked me one day, have you ever thought about slowing down, you know, simplifying? And I honestly kind of found it
0: really offensive because,
1: (laughs) (laughs) which says a lot about where I was at and what my expectations of myself were. I know
0: why you felt that though, because that like to a busy overachiever would have been a, you don't think I can handle this? Exactly. Yeah, totally.
1: Mm. Like, so what do you think of me? You know, do you think I'm not coping? I'm coping. Look at me cope. I'm coping, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Say it again, Brooke, and someone might believe you. It's fine. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> but it, she was. She obviously could see through that and she knew that there was something there because over time this idea kind of really took, took root and I found myself reading a lot about slowing down and simplifying and I actually uh, discovered it through Leo Babauta's blogs and habits and he kind of spoke about this idea of simplifying life as this overarching lifestyle you know that that brought everything. He went from you know an overweight. His father is six. He was overweight, really unhealthy, heavy smoker, um, junk food addict, workaholic, heavily in debt, kind of really struggling. Mm. And through the 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 process of simplifying one step at a time, he has just completely shifted the way he and his family live to one of intention and health. And he's a marathon running vegan now and he's, you know, just the of epitome is. Of, yeah, well, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, Oh, and then we go there. Okay. <laughs> Look at me
0: now. Yeah. yeah
1: but, but just the, the intentionality that he lives his life mm. really struck me, you know, and I'm like, this is a person who's actually done the head work and the heart work of figuring out what's important and what that actually looks like on a day-to-day basis. I couldn't do any of that at that time. I was completely wrecked emotionally. So I just started decluttering. And from there, very, very, very gradually, I started to unwind this knot of myself and and start to clarify the way I was thinking and feeling and really slowly began to wake up and be present. And, uh, you know, I didn't have a name for it at the time. I didn't realise it was slow living. I didn't realise it was mindfulness. I just realised that I felt happy and I hadn't felt happy in a long time. So that was sort of the the root of it and from there it's grown into you know, this, this kind of, you yeah, know, just this way I live, this, this philosophy of taking time and being present
0: and paying attention. Beautiful. I, um, and it really, like, do you find that now little things impress you a lot more than they might have back when you were really busy?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, and it, that was actually one of the first things that I noticed, uh, you know, I, I was doing the work of decluttering, which was great, and it made me feel better and I felt more in control, but it was tiny little things like noticing a flower in my garden and paying attention to the birds and, like, dust motes and, you know, the way the light would hit my daughter's eyelashes and things that I just would never have paid attention to because I wasn't there, Mm. you know, I wasn't wasn't engaged. They were the things that made me realise how, Incredibly fortunate I was to to have those things to to even notice you yeah. know but also how many incredible things surround us every day and it's really I can really easily topple into like the the woo or the you know, the syrupy kind of kind of miracle person but that was what what started this awakening process for me of just going man. There's so many incredible things happening right in front of us and we don't notice. We don't, we don't have time. We don't give ourselves time to notice.
0: It's uh, it's really interesting you say that because I found after my retreat at Gwingana last year, which my whole family got me for my 40th, which was so what lovely. What a beautiful gift. Yeah, I did not want things. I wanted something I would never buy for myself and my husband knew I'd been wanting to go to Gwingana for ages, so that's oh, where wow. I went. Yeah, it was beautiful. And after I did, uh, I think I did a four-night one. So I was back after five days, and I just remember seeing my son laugh mm. and just going, "Wow, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen." Like it was <laughs> like like some teenage stoner going, "Oh my god, man! Like that's <laughs> so amazing." And it was, but it really was, and it has been ever since. And I just think, you know, we we often. We are so busy in our lives we don't take time to work on our lives and what a yep. gift that psychiatrist gave you to say you need to work on your life exit yeah. stage left exactly. analyze cut back figure out what's important strip away what's not you know it's it's just something you know I find through some of the business coaching I've done in the past with Teams who are just so busy, like running a crazy hot restaurant that is, you know, packed every day and every night and everyone's just like, go, 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 go. And they just can't see the fatal flaws that are awaiting them as they scream through this this thing as, you know, the cracks start to appear. And I think Mm -hmm. the metaphors can probably be extrapolated across anything, really, if there isn't a sense of mindfulness, a sense of taking time out to analyze and really tune into what's working, what's not. Um, exactly yeah mm. and that's
1: why I think for me it's just more and more if I needed to sum it up it's just pay attention you know I think sometimes when we start to talk about my and I'm a huge advocate for mindfulness but it's become this kind of trendy buzzword yeah. that people hear <laughs> and they're like oh yeah okay sure, sure. should I color in do I need a, like a <laughs> book or? someone actually
0: yeah. said to me the other day at dinner so like are you doing like the whole mindfulness thing <laughs>
1: yeah exactly yeah that's exactly right and I just it's like I get it you know I get it It, when something becomes mainstream you kind of got to you've got to be able to label it in some ways that everyone gets what you're talking about but for me it's just as simple as paying attention Mm. that's it you can meditate you can do yoga you can go for a run you can cook you can play guitar you can just sit just sit you know whatever it is just paying attention is is really the the key and because when we do that we start to develop awareness of what we're thinking and how we're feeling and what correlates with what you know and how that food makes us feel and how this activity makes us feel and what happens when we hang out with this person and from there from that noticing we can start to make changes but otherwise it's just kind of blind you know we'll we'll read a blog about something go yeah i'll do that that sounds that sounds cool uh you know whereas if we have a deeper understanding of ourselves because we're paying attention we have a much better chance of actually making changes that work for us not changes that are driven by you know trends or, or or whatever
0: it's so true. Um, Ali Hill, the psychologist I had a few shows back, uh, we had a great chat, and she was talking about even just making a list of what nourishes you and what drains mm-hmm. you, and you can't know what is on the nourish side and the drain side if you're not paying attention. Like Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. So we're paying attention but what do you say to that person who's out there right now who's probably going to stop listening at 11 minutes and however many seconds because they go, oh, well, that's all so easy for someone who has a slow living business <laughs> to say, but they don't know my life as a corporate lawyer and uh, there's absolutely no way I can slow down. Now, would you have thought at at the point that that psychiatrist said that to you, did you think? like I know you thought it was uh, like offensive and I, I get that <laughs> but like when you tried to sift through it did you really like almost push back like alone you know when you were thinking yeah. about it and saying well she clearly doesn't understand my life because that's not possible
1: Exactly absolutely I'd convinced myself that every action that I was taking everything that I was doing was a necessity first of all and that if I didn't do it the world would end you know um so it was kind of it was tied up in my ego absolutely but i also didn't realize at the time that it didn't need to be a huge thing like it didn't need to be half an hour of meditation every day it didn't need to be you know journaling like three three freehand pages every morning it didn't need <laughs> like it didn't need to be any of those things you know what it can yeah. be but it didn't need to be it was as simple as learning to pay attention to my breath while i was sitting in the car Or, you know, as simple as like if I'm hanging the, this is the example I always use, but it's because the first, it was the first time that I ever really connected with the idea of single tasking, but I'm hanging the clothes out, just paying attention to what I'm doing. What can I feel? What can I hear? What can I smell? What can I, what can I taste? Uh, You know, what does the earth feel like under my feet? All that kind of stuff. Like I was doing that anyway. I was hanging the clothes out anyway there was a, a moment where I realized I could turn that into a pocket of slow. It doesn't, you don't have to just sit there and do nothing. And mm. I understand. And this year has been, so the past 12 months have been really interesting for me actually, because my, my work life has gotten more full. So I, I think I have a, a, probably a better understanding of people like our, our lawyer who's saying, I don't have time to make these changes than I did when I first started writing about slow living because
0: ah, okay. cool. it's, yeah. and it's
1: been really interesting. And, 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 uh, not hum humbling necessarily well kind of yeah kind of humbling because it, it's really it was quite easy is the wrong word but I could talk about you know these things I could talk about having the the time to just stop and like literally smell the roses but if someone's working in the city from 7 a.m to 7 p.m and they don't see any roses you know what can I mm. do uh, and it was it was it's been really great for me to, to recalibrate what it means to be slow because for me, before I started working basically full time, um, you know, over the past 12 months, slow meant something else. It meant pottering in the garden for half an hour every day. It meant, you know, maybe taking a walk. It meant all these little pockets, which were actually quite big pockets of slow. This past year, I've realized that I can still absolutely have this slower life and this, this pace of life that fits But it's it's how I fit it in that has been has changed. And uh, I've been really grateful for it because I think now I understand with much more clarity the challenges of people who maybe work full time. They've got a big family they're You know, they've got a newborn, whatever it is that makes it feel like they don't have time. And I've realised that you do have time, but it's, it's how we choose to spend it.
0: It absolutely is. We've all got 24 hours in a day, right. newsflash. And um, I find like it's almost a default way of protecting ourselves to do the mm-hmm. whole, oh, it's easy for you to say. Yeah. You know, like I, f- I find that very reaction, knowing full well that I've had that reaction many times to various things in my life myself, is often a big flag saying, why are you having an issue with that? Yeah. Clearly this and is a, something it's... you actually might want to achieve, you know, and, and then you can unravel from there.
1: Exactly. And I think it's a, like, a defensive slash protective thing, yes. you know, because I think we immediately feel judged if someone's going well you you don't have to do it this way you can do it this way and we go well but that's uncomfortable (laughs) you know Mm. so and i'm the same i have absolutely had that reaction to so many things over the years but instead of kind of rallying against it i now invite it in as this kind of, of this opportunity to go well why why do you feel like that why you know why is that your reaction why is your reaction so strong and um you know examining it a little more which goes back to what we are talking about with paying attention, you know. If if I just allowed myself to shut it down and never go back and, and question it again, then that's an opportunity that I might have lost.
0: Totally. I have a tip only because um, I have been thinking a bit more slowly myself <laughs> uh, over the past couple of years especially just, you know, and just as you said, you know, as your business grows and things get busier, I am one of those people who like naturally just tries to find a recalibration point i'm like whoa 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 that's that's fast book a massage or do something that's like the absolute opposite of what that crazy day the day beforehand gave you or no it didn't give it to me i probably chose to do everything on that crazy day. (laughs) ownership alex ownership but back to your pockets of slow idea Mm. i have noticed that i started sort of i don't and i can't pinpoint when it was but i started taking a deep breath at the end of every action thing. So let's just say I'm cleaning up from uh, dinner. No, that's a lie. My husband does that. Sorry, I, I'm not going to take, take what, what what is it? Take uh, recognition for something I don't do. Um, but like after cooking and before like serving the plates and getting to the whole like get everything on the table and all the cutlery and all the serviettes and yada yada, I just take a deep breath. And mm. when I switch off the taps in the shower, I take a big deep breath before I get out. When I finish brushing my teeth instead of then running straight into the bedroom to go to bed, I take a deep breath. And I just find like the the deep breath is something that takes 10 seconds. It's just one. And, and I think it's almost like that old Chinese proverb, if you don't have 20 minutes, then you're the one who actually d- does need to take 60 minutes. <laughs> yeah. um, if you don't have 10 seconds, then start laughing at yourself because that's actually really, really – hilarious that you would say i don't have 10 seconds exactly. to make myself feel better and and where is the val- the self-worth in saying you know what no i can't spare 10 seconds to look after myself and, and and just slow my heart rate any anxious feelings tension yada yada you know we've all got that
1: we do you know and look, you could do it as you say just build it into your day you finish doing something you take a deep breath honestly taking one deep breath can make such a difference if if you are you're you're having a really busy day or really stressful time of it, whatever the case may be, you do have that, that moment, you know, you do have 10 seconds, you, you, you're in the bathroom, you flush the toilet (laughs) just before you come out and face the world again, take that deep breath. You know, you do have that 10 seconds. The world will not explode in those 10 seconds that you take, but just, I mean, there's a, there's a physical there's a physical reason I'm sure for for the feeling that you get, like the increase in oxygen and just that that moment. But it's also just tapping into you and like the the present moment that I think is is really valuable and it that propels you f- much further than the ten, 10 seconds that you've taken. I think um, you know. And as you say, everyone can do that. Mm. That is that is that is available to everyone. It Really is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And in your new book, can you tell us what it's called, please? Yeah, it's called Destination Simple. I uh, love everyday, it.
1: Yeah, just everyday rituals for, for slow living.
0: And it's the most beautiful cover ever. <laughs> it it makes just you, makes you instantly feel calm. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I, I really love the image on the cover. Yeah, it's really gorgeous. Congratulations. It's, it's such a beautiful book. Thank um, you. One of my favorite things is you differentiate between two words, rhythm uh, versus routine. Can you Mm -hmm. explain how those two things are different? And I I guess – we often feel like the word routine is like the R word. It's almost like mm-hmm. a dirty word. <laughs> and is that why you came up with a slightly more fluid concept of, of having rhythm to your day?
1: Yeah, in, in essence, that's exactly right. Mm. Uh, it, it first occurred to me when um, our daughter was a baby and my one of my older sisters has five kids uh, and they're all older than my kids. So she'd been through, you know, a lot of parenting by the time I became a parent. and I said to her, I'm just trying to get trying to get her into, you know, I'm trying to get the baby into a routine. She's like, yeah, I get that. But maybe, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe instead of routine, aim for rhythm, you know. So things happen in a certain – because by routine I meant, well, it's 8 a.m. You know, we need to be up and we need to be doing this happens and then this happens <laughs> and this happens. And then at 6 o'clock baby goes to bed and then this happens, you know. And it was just – that's not me, yeah. but for whatever reason that's <laughs> probably based on whatever baby book I'd been given by someone as a you know first time mum, that was what I thought it looked like yeah it and for me, it didn't it just wasn't it was not a good fit. Our daughter wasn't a great regular sleeper, she just fed when she wanted to feed it was It was very rhythmic, you know, things unfolded in a certain pattern which was predictable. The pattern in, it, in itself was predictable, but the timing wasn't important, you know, and I found that once I started to shift into this idea of rhythm rather than routine, I relaxed a lot. And mm-hmm. as a result, everyone else relaxed a lot. So slowly I started to to kind of incorporate the idea of rhythm into the way we structured, uh, you know, our days and our weeks, and even to a certain extent our, our years. And it just, I couldn't believe the difference that I felt emotionally and mentally things still happened. I still got things done. I was still productive. We're still out of the house on time. You know, no one was late for, for school or preschool and no one missed the train, but the pressure of, what happens if I skip a step, then I'm a failure, you know, or what happens yes. if I'm five minutes late or if I sleep through my alarm, like, then I suck and the day's ruined. That was just gone. Yeah, you know? good. So
0: because that, it, that whole black and white, you know, chasing perfection thing is just so detrimental to our mental health probably more than anything else.
1: Exactly. And I felt that I was just constantly operating at this this level of like, almost panic because mm. I was trying to maintain this, this routine that, was just arbitrary I'd made it up but it was still it felt like this cage you know so once I realized that rhythm the beautiful thing about rhythm is you can speed it up if you need to like if you've got a lot going on you can speed it up things still happen you can speed it up but you can also slow it down and if you skip a step or if things get a little bit mixed up that's okay you know you're still going to, to get where you need to go so for some people it's just, it's just a different word that means the same thing. But for a lot of people it's kind of a – it's permission to relax into the way we do things. Mm. So in the book I talk quite a lot about how to establish a rhythm because it doesn't necessarily just happen, you know, particularly as, as life, like life's complicated and we, we work, we might have family, we've got friends, we've got so many other areas of life that, that all need to fit in that these rhythms don't usually just fall into place In the best kind of order so i talk about you know how to establish that rhythm and and then how to ensure that it just slots really nicely into life and once it's there you just don't have to think about it much you know it just unfolds and it's just not this stressful kind of heavy element to your day
0: yeah beautiful i think we could all do with that that's (laughs) sounding very nice you also give a few little strategies and I would love to just have a look, a little closer look at a couple of them. What do you mean by single tasking?
1: Yeah, single tasking, I mean, well, it's the opposite of multitasking, I yeah, guess. So that know, means we
0: do one thing at a time, right?
1: Exactly, okay. yeah. And it's it's just an opportunity though. I mean, it's not just a, a productivity thing because I think initially, I initially had heard of it as a productivity measure you know the the thinking being that we're actually more productive when we single task we really just focus on writing the report and then we focus on writing the emails and then we focus on you know the next task because we're not constantly distracted and moving between tasks we, we are more productive but for me it's also an opportunity for mindfulness so I really encourage people even just once a day just choose something that you're already going to be doing anyway. And I often use the example of doing the washing up or making a cup of tea. You're going to be doing that. That's part of your day. Use it as an opportunity to just be super present. Mm-hmm. So if you're making a cup of tea while, while the jug's boiling, take three big deep breaths. And once the jug's boiled, you can like, hear the sound of the water boiling in the jug. You can see the steam coming up as you tip you know you you pour you pour the hot water over the tea bag watch the color of the tea slowly start to to darken and it's just a moment of slow it's just a moment of noticing and what i discovered personally is that the more i i did things like this the more second nature it became to just be more present in general so it's it's kind of twofold benefit it's first of all just this mindfulness thing in in and of itself and if nothing else happens because of it you've taken this little pocket of slow and been completely present but then the flow on effect is often that you learn what it feels like to be present and you start to do it more anyway mm. uh you know throughout throughout the day and throughout your weeks
0: yeah so, for sure yeah mm. So obviously it can be pretty challenging to get to a point where you feel you can be one with the kettle boiling. (laughs) That might be, you know, God, this is a perfect time to reply to a couple of emails or do this. I I think I actually even have a a post in my blog, ashamedly so perhaps now, that is 10 things you can do to be low-tox while the kettle boils. (laughs) So I am making my audience be uh, multitaskers. But it was genuinely to help people, you know, like do more gorgeous things for themselves. That's not. Was and you know necessary. you can't
1: you can't spend your entire life single tasking. Mm. Like it's not. That's not. It's not yeah.
0: realistic. low uh, you know, and, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Hmm. Obviously, to get to a point where we feel like we can relax about emptying our heads out a little bit and just. And chilling and being super present with these little daily actions. You talk about brain dumping. Mm. How often do we do that? What is it? What What do we hope to gain from it?
1: Well, it's essentially it's just sort of opening opening your head up onto a piece of paper, yeah. you know, and just letting it every every thought, every idea, every to do list item, every task, every project, every anything that comes out just gets dumped onto a page. And for me, I don't do it. I don't do it daily anymore, but I used to. Uh, I do it whenever I'm. I get that overwhelmed feeling, like there's too many things going on. I've got too many, you know, irons in the fire. I've got too many projects. I've got too many whatevers. Uh, so I just take a blank piece of paper and I will write down everything that comes into my mind over a period of a couple of minutes. And once it's out, almost invariably, I feel better because. Mm-hmm it becomes this kind of this lurking monster of doom in your head. But once it's out on paper, it's in the cold light of day. You're Sure, you've got a lot going on, but it's just it takes away that panic, you know, mm. and that, that panic feeling that we have. And I know some people find it really overwhelming to see everything that's on a page because that's what's been in their head. That's what they actually need to to move through and work through. But once it's there, you can you can come up with a plan you know yeah. you're not going to come up with a plan when you're you're kind of in panic mode,
0: yeah, totally, well, it's like taking it from being this intangible, indefinable mess in your head, exactly to things that you can see and yeah, stuff that you can action, and I, that's totally more constructive, I guess it that. is yeah. yeah,
1: so I mean, and then once it's out, some of it is really obviously not you you can't do anything with it um, you know, you might be a concern or whatever, you, but once it's out, you've got, okay, I, I see you, I acknowledge you. And now I'm moving on because I can't do anything with that. Like that's, that's a worry. That's something that happened in the past. I can't change that. I'm moving on, you know? And I think this is where you said something really interesting a second ago about emptying your mind when, mm. you know, when the kettle's boiling. And what I've learned, uh, is that for me, that's not actually the, the goal I tried, you know, and I, I've been meditating with, and most days for uh, the last year or a bit more than a year. And what I discovered that <laughs> I assumed that the, the, the aim of meditation was to empty your mind.
0: Oh, my gosh, this... no. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You will be waiting a long time in yeah. frustration.
1: <laughs> and, you know, and I, I I really felt like a failure for yeah. a long time because I would kind As of get so to this point. so many of us where, do. Yeah. yeah. Where I'm like, oh, Great, my mind's empty. What does that mean? And all these thoughts would do- kind of dogpile in, uh, just waiting for their moment to be thought. Whereas now I, I can see, like, I, I acknowledge the thought. I'm sitting there or I'm making my cup of tea or I'm having my moment, and the thought comes in. I'm like, yeah, hi, hi, thought. Mm-hmm. Just stay over there. I'll deal with you later. And it's just been this, I don't know, it's this ability to kind of give, take a step back has been incredibly helpful and I feel like when you do a brain dump you know when you really just drop all that stuff on the page you can take that one step back and say can I do something about it great what is that send the email make the phone call bake the cake and if I can't do anything about it then I can't do anything about it it's just kind of this this acceptance and this one step back that that for me anyway and for a lot of people who I've spoken to it really helps them to get proactive rather than reactive as well and, yes. and spending spending too much time up in our heads
0: absolutely proactive versus reactive is just a it's, it's just so much more joyful as a way yeah. as a way to be Yep. yeah um okay so i feel like to round off our little chat about finding these beautiful pockets of slow and and all the goodness that you've just shared i feel we should have a bit of a group challenge what do you think mm-hmm. it should be
1: I would, I would encourage people to just find one pocket of slow every day for a week. Fab. And it doesn't, again, like we say, it does not have to be 10 minutes of meditation. You might not have time for 10 minutes of meditation. But if you catch the train or the bus to work, listen to a piece of music for five minutes and do nothing but listen to that piece of music, you know, close your eyes and really get, get your head in there or take 10 seconds every day for this. One deep breath at the end of an activity, or make that cup of tea, or do your brain dump, but just find a pocket of slow every day, and and see how you feel. I mean, that's for me the great joy is to see how you feel after you've kind of committed to it for for a little while.
0: I love it. What a beautiful experiment. One little pocket of slow. Next seven days. Mm-hmm. Simple. Thank you, Brooke. That was Thank awesome. Thank you, Alex. Uh, you can find. All the details about uh, Brooke's blog, her incredible book, uh, the Slow Home podcast and indeed all the other gorgeous shows on our network because we're on the same network that Brooke, you started. last Was it last year? Was. Yes. It was. Yes. Gosh, it feels like it's been going forever. Um, <laughs> called Jack Rabbit FM. So there's some gorgeous podcasts on there in the little family uh, and I shall see you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, Alex. Thank you so much for joining me for today's show. Check out the show notes at lowtoxlife.com forward slash podcast. And if you wanted to maybe share a quote and something that really jumped out for you, you can find us on Instagram at lowtoxlife or simply hashtag lowtoxlife across social media. I absolutely love bringing you the show. Thank you for any of the star ratings or one line reviews that you guys have left. It helps me know what you've been loving and what you'd love to see more of.